What's going on? Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast. Uh, we're back. Bittersweet. Yeah, back. Uh, last episode <laughs> on music as this podcast. Yep, yep, yep. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Mike. And I'm Tyler. Welcome. Uh, th- so yeah, this is the last music episode of the No Clue Podcast. Um, but we will be moving to a different podcast. Yes. It will be called the Straight Sounds Podcast. All the same places. Um, but we just want to make sure we separate sports and the music now. Um, nothing else is, is changing. And this is the first episode of the Sound Straight Podcast. All right. Where do you want to start? So I f- we finally did a little bit of catching up, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, it yeah. took me a minute after Kanye and Drake, which was a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Belly was the first one I went to. Okay. And I thought it was... I was surprised because I never listened to an album from him before. You didn't... I thought we talked about the last one, no? Maybe. I don't remember it, to be honest with you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it wasn't memorable, uh, but... Yeah. yeah, so the weekend's all over this... So I had to check it out, obviously. And mm-hmm. I, I gotta say, man, I was surprised at how good he sounded for the most part. Yeah, he he did. He did. It felt yeah, like he's... a really, like, a well-produced album. Yeah, it it definitely felt very... Um, uh, he definitely went thinking to make a good album. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about this with Drake and with Kanye... If Drake really even goes in looking to make albums anymore, if he just makes a bunch of songs and puts them on albums, yeah. this is one of those opposites. Belly definitely had a project in mind, and he went and got it done. Yeah, it was very cohesive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, sure. I was impressed. Like, the feature choices were great. Uh, yeah, and and him putting himself with some of the features, you know, like with Nas yeah. and, and Benny and Big Sean. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, and, and I he thought, didn't sound so out of place. I I did think like a lot of the songs with features kind of catered to what the features sound like. Yeah. Uh, but I thought he fit right in on the track either way. Yep, yep, he did. So yeah. I I enjoyed him, and I thought the length was good. And and normally, you know, fifteen is is I think a good length. <laughs> mhm. But uh. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it a lot, man. I did too. I did too. Very good project. Yep. Uh, you got any standouts you want to mention? Mm, I mean, my favorite collab was definitely the Nav Requiem. Yeah, and they work together a lot. Yeah, and yeah. and you could tell how natural their chemistry sounds. Yeah. Uh, and I thought Flowers was really good early in the album. Yep. Uh, yep. Easily my favorite individual track. Yeah, mine too. Mine too. Mine too. Okay. What's next? Uh, Meek. You want to go right to Meek? Uh, where do you, where else do you want to go? What did, what else did you catch up on? Uh, <laughs> not much, man. I mean, I, I think I probably more caught up on singles, okay. and then I, um, you know, I, I listened to. One project that I really shouldn't even bring up, but since now this is a music podcast, I will bring it up. But 
That's the only other project really I listen to. I think. I can't believe you decided to listen to. I I get it, <laughs> but I, I feel like there's other stuff out there. It was short, so I was you know. That's true. Give it a shot. Yeah. Let's go to Meek though. Let's go to Meek. Yeah, I, He's, did you know this was coming? Because I had no idea. No, I didn't know it was coming. No, and when yeah. I saw it, I didn't think it was like not that I didn't believe it, but I was like, okay, is this an album or like especially with the album cover on a Meek project? I'm like, okay, you know, what is what's going on? It's like a childish Gambino vibes cover or something, you know? It's definitely not yeah. a Meek Mill kind of cover. So I was confused for sure. You know what I was thinking going into this album? Like, have you ever disliked one of his albums? No. And going into this, I was kind of... Like, I wasn't really looking forward to him. Yeah. Uh, But, like, kind of looking back, I enjoyed every project I've listened from him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And this was honestly no different. Yeah, you know, Meek is... It's easy to enjoy his projects because he doesn't go far from his lane. I, I think no, he, he gets not. better every time, but it's it's very it's very slight. You know, it, he doesn't change so much where you say, "Man, this album's completely different from the last." Yeah. Uh, so if you like one, you like them all of Meek. You know. Yeah, I, I just it's weird because I, while I like pretty much every album I listen to. Mm-hmm. I also like almost never go back to any any of them. Yeah, he's he's he, one of those guys that are hard to go back to. Yeah, he usually has like a few standout tracks, and that's pretty much it for me. Yep, yep. But I, comes, honestly, I thought this album got better as it went on. That was kind of surprising. Yeah, I, I agree. I well, um, it seems early. He was he definitely was testing his boundaries early. Like so. Against kind of the point I I was making about his albums, this album he definitely was like, you know, putting his toe into the water of other things, in the beginning of this album at least. Yeah, and and he always tries that to like varying levels of success. Mm-hmm. But uh, he never and... lets it uh, take over his albums. Exactly. That's what, that's, that's, that's what probably doing. what makes all his projects enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, this is no different. Great feature choices, which she's almost always had. Yeah. Uh, I thought the the album doesn't really drag because you know he doesn't really let it slow down too much. Too much. Nope. nope. So. Okay. Uh, let's go go through the album uh, song by song. You know, roughly. So um, this intro. Didn't hit hard like some of Meek's other intros. No. Meek is normally up there with Drake as far as intros are the most memorable part of the album on a lot of his projects. Even the mixtapes, Meek always comes correct in the intros. That's where one's... he's his mixtape intros are really the standouts to me. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this one, mm, yeah, I thought that was strange, especially for him to try to sample use the sample in the intro like a sample from a big song mm. what do you think i would say the first three tracks are kind of in the same boat yeah and they, and they weren't really a good start right 
Because it, it kind of it showed how sometimes he does his he doesn't really have versatility in individual songs, right? Uh, and his flow kind of starts to get repetitive if he doesn't change up the tracks too much. Yeah, yeah. And the first and, three tracks are like that. And I, I think that kind of is why his albums are harder to go back to, because we have this this. Uh, we know Meek so well as far as who he is as a rapper, how his his flow sounds, how his verses sound, his lyrics. Once we hear them, we don't really need to hear them again unless it's a good song. And sometimes his songs, like, not so much the, the intro, but some of the outside and on my soul are, you know, they're wordy. So yeah. it's just like, okay... We heard that. We heard him talk. Like we, you know, you don't hear, you don't listen to speeches over and over again, you know. And that's kind of how his rapping is. Yeah, I, I, I thought he could have been. I don't know. All my soul was a good beat, man. I, I, I just didn't. I I liked how he sounded. I just didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, sharing locations. Little baby and little Dirk. They're hot right now. Oh, yeah, it was a W. Scorching hot. Yeah, it's, it's easy. I mean, this is this chemistry right here was so easy. I was just like, I was surprised we hadn't heard more of this trio. To be honest, yeah, me too. And I, I'm surprised Meek hasn't, you know, been on their projects more. Yeah, because um, he fits right into what they do, especially on a short verse. Catch Meek in a one verse on a song with them. Yeah, elite. And, and sure. Lil Baby, I don't remember the last time Lil Baby missed with a feature. Yeah. He's been he, just he's, nonstop W's. Yeah, he's on fire with features. He's having like a Lil Wayne and Drake year, yeah. two years of features. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Expensive Pain, that album uh, title track. I liked it. I thought it was a good title track. Um. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it, it wasn't. It was kind of, again, it wasn't too memorable, but I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a little bit more than the first three songs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ride for you with Kalani. Then he has ASAP Ferg, Moneybag Yo. What do you think of those three? Very predictable. Mm-hmm. But like he, again, the formula is good. Yeah, he always keeps one of those. Every album he has a yeah. ride for you. Yeah. And and his like his fem his collabs with female artists are again very predictable and simple. Yeah. But there it's like it's to his strengths. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and then I I think his last album uh, what was it Championships? Yeah. If, if I remember correctly, the yeah. the female features were great. Yeah, he had the uh, LMA one that really popped off. Yeah, twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, Cardi B. I remember was on one of the tracks. Mm-hmm. And then go further back, he had the one with Nicki. Oh yeah. And um, I think he had one other one with one of the uh, big female artists of the time. But yeah, yeah. Okay. What do you think of him and Moneybag Yo? I thought that was a that was another one. I was surprised they hadn't done anything together before. I, well, I shouldn't say surprised, but I was glad to see them try to work together yeah uh, and i liked it man uh, you know i'm a big money bag fan 
But yeah. uh, he, he's kind of... Moneybag is similar to where the formula is very easy. Yep. And and the music is fun to the point where he, you don't have to change it up that much. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought they fit perfectly with each other. Yep, and they both... And it showed on here, they both are... Um... They both have a signature flow, you know. Like Moneybag yep. Yo has a very has a cadence that he likes to keep in all of his, especially his hits, all of his hits. And Meek, you know, we know how he he does. He has the same cadence basically in every song. Yeah, but uh, especially the high energy ones. Yeah, for sure. Yep, yep. Okay. So when for you did it start picking up and saying, okay, this half is getting better? What's when was okay. that transition? Uh, we slide and tweaking from then on. I loved this album. Yeah, exactly. Me that too. duo right there, and then everything. Everything after that was not quite as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it did a perfect job of like keeping me uh, like locked in, like I was with those two tracks. Yeah, yeah. From there on, to me was like elite meek bag like this could have been its own album or you know its own mixtape or ep and i would have been like man this is this is perfect for me you know not that any of the songs before that were like really bad but it would have been like a flawless ep if he had just the last what seven songs or so yeah the gigs feature again wasn't bad but like it wasn't as good as mo- pretty much all the other features to me. Yeah, I unfortunately I expected that. Not that you know, no disrespect to gigs, but I, I I consider Meek a lyrical rapper, and I consider gigs the opposite. So yeah, I didn't I can, expect I it, it. it to be, have a lot of harmony there. But um, okay, so. <laughs> My favorite track, man. I, I really, really love Blue Notes too. I do. It's, it's it's probably my favorite Meek song in in a long time, probably. Probably since like the first album. And the thing is, it's not because I think like Meek rapped. Uh, it, I won't say it was special, but it's the energy, it's the nonstop, it's the speed, and then the way Uzi like meshed with him which was something i really did not expect at all i didn't think like uzi would be able to fit in between his verses like he did um i thought uzi maybe was on the hook or uzi would have like his separate verse that was just kind of off kilter to the rest of the song but the way they had a little back and forth at times i thought that was amazing and showed a lot of growth from meek because i don't think you know when meek first came out the thought of him working with Uzi just I wouldn't have imagined it. And this was for a yeah. money grab. This was kind of one of the rare tracks that showed his rapping versatility. Yeah. Which he does like he kind of keeps it reserved a lot of the time. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, and he saves it sometimes for the more experimental tracks. Yeah. Again, not all, sometimes for better, sometimes worse, but uh yep. this track was fire. Yeah. Hard. Super hard. Um, what'd you think about Halo, the Brent Fayez track? Did you like that? 
Um, I've been hearing a lot it, of hate it was, about it. It was good toward like it was a good towards the end of the album kind of track. Because mm-hmm. it was a filler compared to some of the better songs we mentioned, but again, yeah. I I enjoyed the chemistry. I thought the song was a a good change of pace. It was a little slower than a lot of the other features. Yep. Uh, a little more similar to like the Kilani song. So I thought it was cool. You know what I miss uh, that artists used to do? I miss the like the first track and last track being like the longest songs on the album. Like I miss like the seven yeah. minute outro. Yeah. Like the... I got you. Yeah, because like because technically that's the outro. I mean, the flamer flow bonus track that doesn't count. One minute forty seconds. No, the halo was the last track. So that was when I really thought like, okay, he's about to take us. You know, take us home after the album, but you know, I, I would lo- I would have liked Flamer's flow needed to be longer. To be honest, it did. Uh, I thought it, it was one of the better flows of the album, and mm-hmm. it was kind of getting me hyped, and it was over. Yeah, I was like, dang, I kind of wanted the album to keep going after that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was a good energy though to close it out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Where um, do you rank Meek like all time? Like I'm gonna ask you the same thing like I asked you about Kyrie. Uh, if Meek stopped making music today, where does he stand to you as far as music goes? Like as far as rap in this, like maybe in this decade of the twenty of the twenty tens, what would you say? Like yo, um. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it the same uh, way. Your son, 30 years from now, he picks up an album, it's championships, and he says, you know, Daddy, who's who's Meek Mill? And what would you say? Um, <laughs> As far as kind of explaining him 30 years later, I really don't know how to answer that. Because <laughs> he's not like, he's not an artist where I'm like, yo, in 30 years, that's, that's who's going to pop up to me. <laughs> no, but... He, You've been to you've been to a record store or like you've seen an album like you picked up an Al Green album before at Target or something be like oh that's Al Green from the eighties and you like Meek, okay Meek I, doesn't have kinda... that like staying power to me. <laughs> well, that's music... why I'm asking you. That's the point. But that's the thing. His music is not memorable. So to be honest, there's a good chance in thirty years I'll be like I just remember he worked with like Rick Ross all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give him more respect than that. No, you won't remember Meek at all. Not, I, I would, like but it's just like he doesn't. He's not in my top five. He's probably in like the top ten to twenty. Okay, of the decade. Of the decade, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. He. I wouldn't be surprised if he like really thinking about a top ten. Uh, he he's pro- he probably belongs somewhere between five and ten. Okay. Because he's been active. Again, none of his albums were... He has a very steady body of work, I think. Yeah, he does. And his mixtapes are probably some of his best work. Yeah. Yeah. A Dream Chaser series is elite. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and that's what I'd point to, by the way. I Championships, I'd be, I probably wouldn't even remember... Yeah, 
but like Dream Chasers 2, I'd be like, yo, this is Meek Mill right here. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I gotcha. All right, moving on from Meek. You want to get into, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it. I really don't. I, there's not much yeah. for me to say because you, you're not interested in it at all. <laughs> but <laughs> the people might be. I understand. But uh, Lil Nas X, Lil Nas X, I was kind of on the same page as you for a while. Like, I really could not care that he had an album coming out. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think we talked about his EP after Old Town Road, which was awful. The Panini one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, that song yeah. was alright, but the EP was just awful. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, that EP, like, if they dropped the instrumentals from that EP, it would be fire. But as far as the music, like, him being on them, not good. Not good at all. And that, yeah. after that, I really never, nothing he did, like, caught my eye as far as his music goes. Uh-huh. Um... And then I heard the uh, Sun Goes Down single. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is very different from what he sounded like in, you know, at that time. Right. Uh, so I was like, you know, I, I'll give it a shot. I'll check it out. Yep. And I got to say, I, I'm not, I really didn't want to go back to it, but I enjoyed listening to it. Okay. And he did surprise me in a lot of ways where... He kind of bounced around genres a lot of the time, mm -hmm. and he pulled it off surprisingly well. Okay. Uh, again, this is another album. Again, I'm not really. I wouldn't press you to listen to it. I don't think it's that good. Yeah. Uh, but there's a couple of tracks on here that were really impressive. You know, one thing I about him, I'm surprised that. There's no like single, late single from this album already. You know how like um. Drake had like in my feelings like when the album came yeah, out. I know what you're talking about. Like yeah, after it, the it, album drops, a song pops off from the actual like catalog of the album. Yeah, and I I, I was actually. I won't say I was waiting for it, but I was expecting that, and then I was expecting that song would make me go listen to the album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, since that hasn't happened, I just, you know, I obviously just didn't get pulled to the album, but um, he had great singles already. Montero, Industry Baby, and um, Sun Goes Down were all yeah, really, it, really good singles. Industry Baby got a little played out to me. It did. Uh, but uh, again, I... I, I, that was kind of probably the more disappointing song of the album, to be honest. It, that, that's another one. If if they had the beat by itself without anybody on it, I would like it. Yeah. I'd like it more. But, it, yeah, so I was like, oh, okay, I bet he's going to come out. There's going to be something on there with somebody I wasn't expecting, and that's going to go crazy. I definitely thought when I saw Doja was on here, I was like, oh, that's an easy dub. Yeah. TikTok. You know, reels is gonna be crazy. I'll hear that. Surprisingly, like him and Doja Cat and him and Megan The Stallion, they're good, but it's not—they're not really standouts on the album. Do you think he actually works in the studio with any of these people? 
I'm going to be honest, no. That, and that's where I think the problem would be. And, and I yeah. haven't heard it. So this is me talking just off off of, you know, what I know about other music. When I saw them, uh, him and Doja, I'm like, if they didn't sit in the studio together and make that, I'm cool on it. Because I, I already know I'm not going to like it. As a matter of fact, those... All the features except Miley Cyrus, I would say they probably weren't in the studio together. Yeah. The okay. Miley, the Miley Cyrus, the, the outro of this album is probably the best outro I've heard all year. Okay. Shout out uh, to I Miley. was shocked. And it's not really like, it's not really a radio song. Yeah. Uh, but there's if there's one thing I would highly recommend, it's that Miley Cyrus track. Because it's really like... It's like a dual track from them. It's not really his to me. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but it's okay. really great. Okay, okay. Well, cool. Um, I'll tell you another thing. I don't like how he names his songs. I mean, I, again, I, don't, I haven't heard any of the songs, but... Yeah, I can see that, too. <laughs> I, and I, I don't think, like, you're... I'm trying to picture how you would think after listening to him, and I don't think your opinion would change. I still think you wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying, not even off these, I'm saying off songs that I already know of him. Like, even Industry Baby, Montero, and Sun Goes Down. I don't like how those are named. Because I heard um, Montero for, like, weeks before I knew the name of it. And I was like, man, what is that song? What's this song called? Like... It's one of those you have to Shazam because if you don't yeah. know his name, yeah. you'll never know the name of the song. Yeah, and he's changed a lot. Like again, from Old Town Road, he sounds significantly different now. Yeah, he does. And he I does. think much much better, by the way. Yeah, he does. Because also Industry Baby, I heard that for maybe a week and a half before I knew it was Lil Nas X. Yeah. And not that I like I wasn't playing it, but I heard it. Obviously, it was on commercials and. All that stuff for a while, but yeah. I mean, I, I just got to give him credit, to be honest, because after that EP, I thought we'd never hear from him again. Mm. Mm-hmm. I thought Old Town Road was a one-hit wonder, and he never come close to anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but he completely changed as an artist since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I think it sounds... I, I'm excited to see what he does next, man. I think he'll be on the radio a lot more than you think. I believe it. I believe it. Uh, I want to say one thing about... Uh, not about the album, but... Um, Jack Harlow might be my favorite like new style icon. Have you seen him like around in his photo oh, shoots yeah. and his videos oh, lately? Yeah. He's fly. Oh, yeah. All the time. Like, as soon as he got money, the first thing he did is says, I'm going to be the best dressed dude in every room I'm ever in. I, okay. I respect he, that about, about him, especially he, as a young He's artist. very, uh, his lyrics feel very genuine, too. Yeah, they do. Just based off how he carries himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's smooth, smooth dude. All right. Um, what else? What else do we have as far um, as music? And one more. Uh,. Oh, my! The go of workout music to me, NBA YoungBoy. <laughs> he's the go of workout music. He's not the. I don't know if he's the go, <laughs> but he 
every time I listen to him, and I, I, I don't even remember the other projects really, because I only really gave him one listens before. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, either it makes me want to go work out, or I'm literally preparing to listen to it when I'm about to work out. Bro, you listen to 23 tracks of this? Absolutely. Not in one, I'll be fair, not in one sitting. All right. I took, I had to, I think I stopped at 15, was like, I'll, I'll finish it, you know, in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but it, he's a guy, he's one of the, and you could kind of boil it down to just this one simple point is if you've heard him before, you'll yeah. like him here. Yeah. If yeah. you like him, his other stuff, and he hasn't really changed to me. I, I really like how he could kind of switch up his flow. Yeah. While not being versatile, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he displays that here, man. I, I, I was really impressed with the song making in the middle of this album. Okay. Just in the middle, or? In the middle, it kind best. of was his best, I think. Gotcha. But again, 23 tracks, it never drags. He recorded this from jail, too, as far as, yeah, yeah. or from prison, from what I understand. And I saw the stat where it's the third number one artist from jail since, I think, Tupac and Lil Wayne, I want to say. Hmm. Okay. But who, I, don't, I have no idea how he gets the number one all the time. He has, I mean, such, not, not, a, he has such a strong fan base. He does, yeah. I, I didn't. I don't mean that random. as far as like, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say I don't mean that to say like I don't think he's good enough. I just don't know. Like, personally, I don't know a lot of people who say, "Yo, man, that NBA YoungBoy album is going crazy in my phone right now." You know? Yeah, I don't either. But his music like always draws my eye somehow. Yeah, I mean, and he's not like he's not over promoted or overplayed. No, he's not. You, know, uh, you rarely hear him on the radio or anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that's all you got to say about it? Yeah, man, I, high recommendation. Okay. Great segue from a high recommendation to... Uh, <laughs> whatever you do, do not listen to this song. Listen to this album recommendation from me. And... um. So we we've mentioned here on well the No Clue podcast, Sound Straight podcast. Um, Lil Wayne has returned to form oh. in the last three years. I would say. I mean, he's been back elite, like elite wheezy status um, since Funeral. He's had some singles. He's had a great features you know drake he got on the drake track murdered it he had the mixtape that was fire and then <laughs> i'm looking through my release uh release radar yeah, on i had Spotify. no clue this was coming <laughs> yeah and i see wow Lil wayne at feet rich the kid okay this is demoralizing honestly yeah, I saw Lil Wayne feet. It says Lil Wayne feet rich the kids, and it says trust fund babies. I was like, okay, we'll see what this track sounds like, right? I go to it, and it's ten songs of a collab album with Rich the Kid. I just don't know where Lil Wayne and Rich the Kid met, but uh, 
This is one of the worst 10 songs I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that bad. It is, it is so bad. Lil Wayne can't save it at all. <laughs> I told you he saves two songs. Oh, yeah. That's right. Big Boss and Headlock. You can just tell by the names that Lil Wayne murders both those songs. I can't. Like, I can't stand. I can't do 10 tracks of Rich the Kid. I really can't. I can't either now. I mean, now I know for a fact I can't. The thing is, Headlock was cool because Lil Wayne starts it. And then, like I said, it's real cool because you can shut it off when Rich the Kid comes on. Big Boss, Rich the Kid kind of starts it, but they go back and forth. And it actually sounds pretty good. But the rest of it is the... It seems like Lil Wayne was trying to, like, make people believe that Rich the Kid's music is good. Because he tried to sound just like Rich the Kid on a lot of the other songs. Like, he'd rap a verse, and then the rest of the song, he's yelling and screeching and off-pitch and auto-tune, just like Rich the Kid for the rest of the track. Or sometimes, he wouldn't have a verse, and he just did his Rich the Kid impersonation for the whole song. And then, I'm not going to get into how I feel about Rich the Kid, because... It's not like, worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. My, I was more disappointed in Wayne not being able to salvage ten songs than I was, like the fact that Rich the Kid, like I don't like Rich the Kid's music. So, for those who were considering listening to it, if you like Lil Wayne, you won't like this. If you like Rich the Kid, you may love this. Uh, if you're <laughs> speaking of things I don't hear too often, I don't hear that too often. Right. If you're deaf, you may love this album. But <laughs> yeah. By the way, you're you're taking it easy. Like, let, let's let's get this straight. If you told me beforehand, if there's one album that Lil Wayne would collab, like a, one artist that Lil Wayne would collab with and couldn't save a shitty album, it would be Rich the Kid would be on that list. <laughs> you're right. Rich He's definitely kid. in the top ten of. Rich the Kid is uh, trash enough to where I've heard him with elite artists and yeah. just his small feature has been enough for me not to go back to the song. Bro, he's had songs where he's the lead artist and the like I desperately wish it was the feature's song. Like New Freezer. I yep. wish Kendrick just made that by himself. And it's a great song. But, you know, Plug Plug Talk is a great song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Or Plug Walk. Plug Walk, yeah. But that's but... it. Lightning in a bottle. It's it's somehow strike twice. I don't know how it did it, but Yeah. It's not striking three times, I can tell you that. And I, I just don't understand why Lil Wayne would do this with his career right now while he's on fire. He, just scorching he just, nuclear fire. Right. And then he takes Rich the Kid, you know, fire extinguisher, right, to his, you know, career right now. So that was confusing. Uh, this album is trash. Um, Trust Fund Babies is a trash name. The Again, the song titles are trash. Rich the Kid sounds trash on every record. The YG song is is like especially bad. That's probably the worst song on the album it to me. Doesn't surprise me at all. Right? Yeah. You. 
And Lil Wayne, I just don't, I do not understand what Lil Wayne was thinking about in the studio. I really don't. And I think they did make this together at the same time, but I don't know. Maybe Lil Wayne had like something to get off of Young Money or something. I don't know. Whatever. It sucks. So that's Trust Fund Bubby. Trust Fund Babies. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's all I got to say about that. Um, did you hear any singles? Uh, nothing recently. Nothing that stood out. Uh, I don't think I did either. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Oh, I, I the excited. Wale and J. Cole. Oh, yeah. You mean, heard that? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I sense <laughs> reservations. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say something about it. All you did was say you heard it. Uh, it wasn't their best, but it was it was great. Yeah, it was it was weak, but it, it's my it's boy. The, work. My boy does make it look weak. Yeah, the, the thing is, first of all, the beat is from like a number one hit song from the '90s, right? That's cool. That happens all the time. No big deal. But, like, J. Cole, after we we heard what you did this year, like, we, we know, like, you're a lyrical genius. Like, what was this? Like, what was, what is this for? I, I don't, I, I don't know. Because it's not even a song that, like, I picture in the club or, like, at parties. It's not a good song to drive to. It's just a... It was just weird. That's all. It was weak. It was weak, but it sounds cool. The beat is fire. I'm not sure what Cool and Dre did because the song is like the direct beat from um, the older song, "Vibrant Thing" by Q-Tip. If anyone cares, but um, Wale, I'm not surprised Wale did this because he's kind of doing that. Um, that kind of social media like catchy kind of stuff he's been doing with his yeah. singles but he seems to be kind of getting back in the music because i it's been a little minute since we heard him i feel like yeah um, yeah because he he dropped that album the last album and then he did nothing after that like normally he follows up with something or some features he didn't he just disappeared for a while it seemed like so yeah, yeah. um I wouldn't be and surprised on that album, if he, he experimented with a lot of features, huh? I wouldn't be surprised if he had something coming towards the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, probably. He probably does. Um, Wale has had a strange career. He's someone that uh, had an opportunity to be in the top five on that decade list to me, and just kind of let it, just let it go by not being yeah. active. I feel See, like he's. Every strength that we could say about Meek's body of work could be said as a weakness for Wale. Yeah. No consistency. Nope. Very high, like high highs, low lows. Yeah. Mm, just kind of. <clears throat> he also like didn't have a steady, re- like release schedule of music. Right. Uh, and and again, he kind of he had a stretch of I thought bad albums, yeah. uh, with like a fire song every now and then. Yep. 
So very inconsistent. What was Summer on Sunset? That was the album? Uh, that must have been a mixtape. Probably. That's crazy. I don't even remember that coming out. 2016. I'm looking at like his discography right now. Yeah. The album about nothing. People like that album. I do. I, I didn't. I didn't like it that much. Well, I, I guess I didn't like it compared to the other two albums because I felt like Ambition, um, Falarin, which was the mixtape, and then The Gifted. I thought those were three fire albums or you know projects in a row. And I felt like the album about nothing was a slight dip, but um, it was still. I, this might be a hot take. I don't really like Gifted as an album. No. Nah. I don't think it's a hot take, but I thought it was. I thought it was a good album, but again, it was it was following up Ambition, which was like, you know, it would be a, a lot of people's best albums of their entire career. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I love the Tension Deficit. Attention Deficit was legendary. Yeah, so I, it's hard. I can't. I don't think any of his other projects come close. Maybe really, really amb- ambition tries. Ambition, maybe you could say that. Yeah. Though, again, it was a great string. That, that's that's the thing. He had a great start to his rap career. As far as projects go, you can't ask for a better start than attention deficit and ambition. You really can't. He has a similar, at least like first half trajectory as J. Cole, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Coming off like Friday Night Lights, or even the yeah, because Wale Lights. was kind of similar, where he got a lot of hype off the like the Seinfeld mixtapes, yeah, uh, and those were great, right? like, and it was like his his talent was on full display on those. Yeah, it was. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I hope he gets back to the poetry and gets back to the rapping and the go go. I thought I always thought it was cool when Wale used to use like real bands in his songs. I always thought yeah. that was amazing, because for the gifted and ambition and um, the mixtapes, he had like bands in the studio doing his, doing the beats, and he kind of got away from that too, which was strange. But yeah, okay. Uh, any other singles? Did I hear any other singles? I don't think I did. So uh, Adele got an album dropping at the end of the month. Yeah, Adele's coming, SZA's coming, Summer Walker's coming. I think the beginning of next month. Um, I feel like someone else said they were coming this week. Uh, I don't remember though. I think Tory Lanez is coming again. Oh yeah, I'm ready. If he's free, I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we got some got some stuff to look. For. Oh, Kendrick is coming. I forgot what date. Maybe he didn't announce an, he didn't announce a date, but I know he's coming before the year's over. So, oh wow! Yeah, I guess we're getting good... everything we wanted. Drake and Kendrick, J Cole dropped. Wow, same year. Yeah, but you know who still is playing with us? Fashion shows every week. Every other week. 
I know who you're talking about. The, the, I don't even want to say the name anymore. Might ban Great. the name for a few few episodes. Great photo shoots. <sighs> okay. Uh, I didn't hear the Kane Brown in her song. I don't know if I want to hear it, but um, it seems like it's catching traction. Callie, you just put SZA on her um, hit that's going around. Uh and they're like blowing smoke in each other's face on the cover. It was interesting. Uh, I don't have anything else, man, as far as music. No, oh, wait. Not... I do have a sleeper. I'll have a sleeper album that no one's ever heard of every every podcast. So Ooh. that's something to look forward to because you know how I do, man. I go with the underground, the weird. Uh, oh, yeah. The underground stuff. I listen to this. Let me not mess up where he's from. Let me find out where he's from before I say... I know he's not from America. Okay. This British R&B artist named Shaka. Um, he had a couple fire singles. Um, probably a few... Going back a few years, he's been doing a lot of singles. And not albums. And finally, he dropped his album. It's called Road Trip to Venus. And his name is Shaka. S-H-A-K-K-A. Um, and it's a solid project, man. For a debut album, it was pretty cool. I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it's definitely not bad. It's better. It's a good album. It's a good debut okay. album. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, a couple songs I really, really go back to a lot. Uh, but it was a solid project. Solid project. How That's many Road tracks? Trip to Venus. Yeah. It, um, well... It's nineteen, but it's a lot of skits and uh, a lot of skits and um, interludes and stuff on there. But yeah, man, solid project, something to check out if you if people aren't busy, you don't want to hear the mainstream stuff. Go check out Shaka's album. Um, okay, we're gonna transition because we have movies to talk about. Um. We're a little bit late on this because we just decided to split the podcast up. Yeah. So, uh, Shang Chi, we're gonna talk about that, yes. right? Um, Marvel's first Asian-led movie. Um, I I won't say it's the first Asian-led superhero movie because I think that's up for interpretation, but it is the first one by Marvel. And uh, what do you think, man? Okay, so this trailer had been playing for a while in theaters, yeah. and, and it was kind of... Marvel was really the only thing I knew about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even watching the trailer, I'm like, this, like I hadn't seen anything about this before. Uh, right. This was completely new. Yeah. Uh, I, I was immediately interested, like, is this going to be a standalone thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, how are they going to connect it to everything? And mm-hmm. I mean, if there's one thing I that doesn't miss, it's Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of perfect shooting percentage, I mean, again, they they knock it out of the park again. Yeah, they did. Absolutely great, great movie. Dude, I was shocked at how good this movie was. I was too. I mean, it. it, it, it go ahead. 
it just it starts off it sets the tempo right away uh the first action sequence is i mean every action sequence in this movie is just like awesome yeah it's so fast-paced it's never edited to the point where you're like struggling to follow what's going on yeah i mean that whole sequence with the bus was just like awesome and it felt real time too. Yes. I think a lot of times Marvel movies, the fights, you're like, okay, how is this all happening in this short of, of time or this long of a time? And like, no one else is doing anything about it. They did such a great job bringing in real life stuff yes. and people, the settings, keeping them realistic around what was going on. Like the dude from, um, I think he was in Spider Man, the the blogger dude, the right um, that was recording him, live streamer. Yeah. Like that keeping that real made that scene feel more immersive as far as time goes. Uh, I thought that was that was really well done in the movie because the movie never felt like they were, like you said it was never edited to where I felt like they were skipping around. Yeah. Um they showed them on the plane. How many movies how many movies do they say oh we're going somewhere and then they're there like and yes. it never shows them just shows fast the city. And, <laughs> fast and like, Furious is one. They're yeah, like, okay, 100%. we gotta go here, and then they're they're there. The next scene, we gotta go here. They're there. The next scene, never shows them buying tickets. Nothing. So, I thought they did really well with that because they didn't have to, and they really didn't add anything except making the flow seem realistic. Yeah, so. I, this movie is so good, man. It's so the story is so well paced. Yeah, I, I mean the way it flips to kind of his backstory with the flashbacks yeah. uh, is really well done. It's like it's it's very it's we've seen it before, but mm-hmm. uh, again, it, it keeps the pace just so good. Yeah, it does. Uh, I thought the the casting was just perfect. Casting was elite, uh, and I'd never seen the main actor in anything before. I'd seen everybody else. I'd pretty much seen that some somewhere. Yeah, uh, but the main actor I'd never seen before, and I thought he was great. Yeah, I think he's on a Netflix show. I never watched it, but right. I think I heard he's on the Netflix show uh, Kim's Convenience. I think it is. Mm. But yeah, I never, I've never seen him. I never watched the show, so I, I didn't know what to expect. And I, and I knew that show wasn't action, so I was like, well, I, what do I need to see yeah. that before I see the movie for you know? <clears throat> and and a lot of times, what makes these movies so good. Mm-hmm. Is the chemistry between like the the main couple of characters? Mm-hmm. That's like that's where Marvel just has excelled since since they started putting multiple characters in the same movie. Yeah, uh, and in this movie they don't have to really do that. I mean, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, if We're you haven't seen right those now because so it's yeah, been a so minute, but. Um, yeah. The uh, Doctor Strange's uh, Wong pops up. <laughs> yep, yep. And a it's lot. like a total surprise. It's so funny. It's really well done. Which again, they always do this great. And Ben Kingsley. Right, right. They actually, I, I forgot to mention, they connect this movie to Iron Man three. Yeah. Uh, which was shocking to me because Iron Man three was kind of the odd man out in the whole universe. Yeah, because it really has nothing to do with like the Avengers or anything. Right. But um, the one thing I did know about Shang Chi was that his father was the Ten Rings guy. 
Like, I, I knew that before the movie came out. So I knew that his father was supposed to be Mandarin. Yeah. But that was it. That's all I knew. But I, I had no idea Ben Kingsley was going to be. Like, I didn't think Mandarin was going to be in this movie at all. You know? Right. Um, uh, another, to your point, um, one thing that Marvel does super elite and I, I think is an underrated uh, importance to their success is they're the master of sidekicks. Oh, yeah. And they make sidekicks out of people who, you know, they're not Robin to Batman, you know, shout out to DC, but they're the, they're the supporting, the, the supporting character, yes. right? We had Happy in the last uh, Spider-Man and, and all the Iron Mans. Even Pepper had a, you know, um, Gwyneth Paltrow's character had a sidekick role really in Iron Man 3. Um, Don Cheadle in Iron Man 2. Right. Um, you know, uh, Anthony Mackie in the Captain Americas. It, it was just having the sidekick in there. They cast the sidekick so heavy in these movies. And the writing, the writing is always, it creates like such a great balance uh, between the characters. Yeah, because, you know, in my opinion, this movie, although I like this movie, I like Shang-Chi's character, he's the weakest as far as personality to me in this movie. Yeah. And, I, and not that I think that's a problem as far as going forward, because I don't think he's supposed to be, supposed to have a lot of emotional depth. But as far as this movie, everybody had more emotional depth than him. Yeah. And you felt it. And you, you really felt it. I mean, and, even and from I when... Think... Like, oh, go ahead. I, I just think it was like the movie felt like it was meant to be like that. Yeah. Where his kind of they do kind of focus on his connection with his parents, obviously. Right. Uh, but again, it, it's a lot more subtle throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. But I think mm -hmm. it works, man. I think the actor pulls it off really well. He does. To he where, absolutely to does. where you were still interested in, in his character the whole time. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think they do that also because that probably sets up his character for whatever happens next, right? Because I don't think he's going to come in and be the Avengers Assemble guy on the Avengers, right? He's going to be the the fighting guy, the main fighter of, you know, whatever they do. So. Yeah. And by the way, I thought the stuff what they did with the Ten Rings, again, because I didn't know anything about it, mm -hmm. like the, the abilities... it. The, the weapon had, I thought, was so well done. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought it looked so awesome. It was so creative how the dad used it and then how he got it at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, it just looked so great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, did you have any negatives? Mm. I, I wanted maybe a little bit more depth of the dad, I think. Okay. Uh, considering how he was, like, he dominated the world for such a long time. Yeah. That was one point where they just kind of rushed through it with flashbacks. Yeah, I agree. And I wish they kind of spent a little more time with that. Yeah, because we really don't know what his intention was. Exactly. I, don't, I still don't know why he wanted to go to that city. Right? Yeah. Because he never said he wanted to go to take it over because the first time he was going, it was by himself. Right, um, yeah. He just wanted to go, and and they never really said, 
you know, he's going there for an evil reason, for a good reason. Uh, and I don't know why he was conquering all those places either. So it was just kind of, you know, it, it definitely left out uh, his motives as a yeah. character. Yep. All you know is that he loved his wife, so. And again, again, that's where Marvel is at its best, where they lock in on that, like, the main point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it drives throughout the whole movie, drives the whole story just in a, in a really good way. Yep, yep. And Aquafina, yep. by the way, was awesome in this movie. So funny. Fantastic. Yep. Easily the funniest I've seen her in probably anything. Yeah, me too. And I was I was just about to say too, as far as emotional depth, I thought them exploring her um, lack of uh, I don't want to say her you know not being proud, but her identity, her Asian identity. Right. I thought that was very interesting in an Asian led movie, using her um, not understanding or not so much acquiescing to her family who's very traditional and you know her being herself and then the dad kind of saying you know talking about her name and everything yeah. i thought that was really really well done because that's real i mean that's like that happens all the time in real life so yeah, i thought 100 another time where they just bring so much emotional depth to a sidekick in the movie so yeah yeah and it sets Great. up uh, I, the end of the mid credit scene really just gets you hyped for where the the universe is going. Yeah. yeah. And and finally, yes. this is kind of what we were waiting for. And the fact that they pulled it off with something brand new like this, mm-hmm. uh, I think is a good step, man. I really do. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Uh, we do have to address one thing, though. This this movie. There was like a very sudden um, shift of we're gonna go from being a you know karate kung fu martial arts movie to being a <laughs> the never ending story monster movie like a dragon like, battle yeah in like five minutes like it, there was just a five minutes transition like okay we drive into the city there's monsters and then in about 10 minutes we're about to fight some dragons so um (laughs) that was a fat l to me to be honest yeah because i think they at least should have talked about that creature like once before they got there you know what i mean like they never said anything about the soul eater whatever until they got into the city and like oh by the way the soul eater lives over there that's the thing when he's like he's doing it he's trying to break it because he thinks he's you know trying to get his wife back yeah uh but they're like hip to what's actually gonna happen yeah i'm like yo like why was this not mentioned ahead of time right yeah because they could (laughs) have They could have told him, like, yo, someone tell him that that's the soul eater in there. Or, um, you know, it just, no one, to me, was surprised enough. The people who didn't live there, 
And even the people who live there, because the creature is supposed to be in there for thousands of years or whatever. Right. So and again, they were all like, they knew what was going to happen, pretty much. Right. And it, and they're telling, you know, they said that it took them millions of years. They could never defeat it. They couldn't stop it. And all it takes is a nice shooting archer to beat it. Hawkeye could have came and beat it, you know, years ago. If it was that yeah, easy. That's so true. That's true. And I, I take that back. Not a skilled archer. Someone who... <laughs> someone who picked up a bow and arrow today could go figure out how to stop it. It's like, come on now. They didn't even need the Ten Rings to beat it. That's what's really nuts. So, no, I mean, he had to do, like, his, you know, powerful attack at the end. Yeah. It was cool, man. It? It, it, it was good, man. I thought it was it was a little too into the fantasy side like the movie hadn't really gone there yeah uh up until that point but i I wasn't mad at it because you needed something like that to really flex how cool the rings could be i agree and i I thought they pulled that off with the finale i but i i think uh, (laughs) from the movie being so fighting based I wish there was a fighting ending. That's all. Yeah. I, I like the... And this is... I guess this is the personal preference. I like the one man versus an army kind of finales or like a... You know, the, like if someone came out of there and he was like the most skilled fighter ever no one's ever beat him in a fight, then like he had to fight Shang-Chi with the rings. Like that would have been something else where I was like, okay, now we get to see him really get down fighting. He never really fought anybody else like after the halfway mark of the movie other than his dad and it really wasn't like a fight to the death they weren't trying to kill each other right so that was the only thing i thought was a little weak but yeah but i gave it you know i could let it slide considering how strong the family dynamic was right yeah so this here's a question for you as far as marvel's um, near future goes. Alrighty. Where do you think? How many more first movies do you think we're gonna get? Uh, well, we're getting Eternals in what less than a month, I think, or about a month. Yeah, but I think Eternals is a one-off. I don't think that's gonna be a like a first. Like, I think I think there's gonna be another Shang Chi, a Shang Chi, like another right? new character. You think? Y- yeah. Yeah, new character or a character's maybe a single character's movie. Like even even if it's a character we know, like Hawkeye is getting his show. But like if Hawkeye had just a movie, like he's getting a show. I, I thought he was movie. getting a movie. No, it's a show. Oh, okay. Like Loki and um, okay, Winter Soldier and stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, how many more first movies do you think we're getting before the next? Team up movie. Mm. I mean, I like the end credit scene with kind of the characters they already had. Yeah, uh, me too. Like Captain Marvel had been kind of set up right yeah. prior to the climax of the original story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say I, th- I think there's probably one more. Okay. Uh, and, and from then on, I. Uh, you know what I'm curious about is like Eternals. I'm not really nervous. Like I think it'll be good. I think 
it, it might open up kind of a new storyline for the universe. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what it seems like in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, the real curiosity where kind of the characters go and how the story gets put together is Spider-Man. Right. Because that trailer, I mean, that almost that, that almost ruined the Shang-Chi hype to me. I wish they kind of would have held it for a little while just to let Shang-Chi rock a little bit more. Me too. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that, that trailer has me thinking, like, that opens up so many different ways they could go. I don't, and I'm going to be really upset if this movie is less than two hours. Spider-Man? Yeah. I need at least two and a half for this. Yeah. Because what they are showing in there, how can you do that in only an hour and a half? There's no way. There's no way. Gotta be at least 2.45. Has to be. So, um, yeah, man, because the thing is, it looks like every movie is setting up the next from now on. I mean, outside of Shang-Chi, from now, like, moving forward, every movie or show is setting up the next thing because it looks like Loki is somewhat setting up Spider-Man. Loki the show setting up Spider-Man somewhat because it's introducing these different worlds, right? Right. Different versions of people. Um, Spider-Man is setting up Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange is, you know, multiplying buses. I mean, you know, trains and stuff in the trailer so it's so funny how he like Wong tells him not to do it and he immediately does it yeah and he has that that hoodie on over the (laughs) under the um cloak it's crazy so Um, so him him doing that that sets up multiverse of madness because he's opening a multiverse in the spider-man so it looks like they're setting up more and more and more that way so now we really have to watch even other people's movies to understand the next character's movie. Like before, okay, you didn't see Iron Man 2, you're not going to get Iron Man 3, but you didn't have to see Spider-Man to understand Iron Man 3, you know? Now yeah. we have to see Spider-Man understand Doctor Strange 2 to understand... But, but I don't think I don't think it's like... The overall story, yeah. But that's right. always been the case, I think. But, but the thing... The problem with this one now is like we're seeing new powers from people in other movies. That that's the cuz like if Doctor Strange opens up a world to another universe in this in his movie, I'd be like well, when did he learn how to do that? Why didn't he do that in the Avengers? Right. But then you see him do it in Spider-Man and you see Loki doing it in Loki. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I when these characters introduce new powers and other people's stuff is that's that's tough, and Marvel really has his you know by the throats. The reason I don't doubt Marvel is because they've done it now for like eleven, twelve years, yeah. and the continuity has always worked. It has. It's yeah. always been like it's never it's never ruined an individual movie to like focus on that continuity. Right. Where DC has done that multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but the, the issue, like, I, again, I can't help but kind of cross over from one to the other. 
Mm-hmm. Like, DC has that same built-in excuse of a power to where in Marvel, Doctor Strange could do it. In DC, Flash could do it. Oh, uh, you mean like the show? Yeah, and, and DC has obviously hasn't explored it, you know, other than right. Flash, Flash's show, yeah. which, which how based on how that show has progressed, yeah, makes me very skeptical about the whole just like open up. Oh, like, you're talking about the universe lines. thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. The yeah. the the one reservation I think I I could have is like you're opening up all these potential storylines. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to be harder and harder to keep people focused. It is. And it's going to be harder and harder for people to follow like you said to where like so many subtle things are going to be missed if you missed one movie. Right. So I I hope I again I trust Marvel because of what we've seen. Yeah. But Flash fucked it up. If if you yeah. followed that show, I mean, the story just went god knows where. <laughs> yeah. And to to be honest, that's been DC as a whole even when I was a kid, I hated that about DC. That the Flash could do that. Yeah, and you saw in Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League, they were setting that shit up. Yeah. So because he was seeing all that stuff when, right before he hit the mother box. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, the end game already kind of played with time travel. Mm-hmm. I just time travel is one thing, but like opening up universes and allowing—that's just a, it's a recipe for disaster. I think. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. But if there's anybody who could pull it off, it's Marvel. It is. Yeah, that's true. The the one thing, and I know, you know, this is kind of on the side, but, and you didn't watch What If, and I don't recommend it, but um, I'm, I don't want them to get too crazy with Doctor Strange's powers to the point where it's like, I no longer know what his limits are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that that's something that's very easy to do with magicians. <laughs> I shouldn't say magicians, but wizards and witches and any anything like that. Magic, just pe- magic. Period. When you get to the point where they can just do anything, you know, you you kind of get to like, okay, well, what can possibly stop him if he can yeah. do all that stuff? You know, then you got to go backwards and you say, well, why couldn't he do that when Thanos was? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to be honest from uh Eternals. Mm-hmm. Cuz they mentioned in that trailer something about like, yo, where were you guys at when they were, everybody was fighting Thanos? Right. Uh, right. And they clearly like it's connected to the overall universe. Right. And clearly there's like a different power level there. Yeah. In that story, so I'm curious how they kind of connected and put it all together. Mhm. Yeah. And that's why I think this is a one-off because the firepower, the star power they have in that movie, casting no is just nuts. No way Marvel can keep them twice. You got the Angelina the and Kate Game of and... Thrones go duo in this, like yeah, that's crazy. And Angelina yeah. Jolie obviously is always a W. Yeah, yeah. So should be interesting though. I'm I'm definitely excited for it. I'm curious about it. Um. Uh, so, 
Yeah. And I will say, and I'm obviously not, I can't spoil anything because you haven't seen it, but uh, Venom Venom is a must watch if you're interested in the overall universe. Next next episode we're talking about Venom for sure. Next week for sure. Because I'm I'm going to see it tomorrow. So, um, let's see what else do we have. Do we have any other movies? Have you seen any other movies? When are you seeing Bond? Are you going to the movies for it? Yeah. I, I'll say this, man. I hate that the, these Bonds are connected. I really do. Like, I, 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 hate it. Be... I hate it for the bad movies. You hate it for the bad movies? Like, what do you mean? Quantum of Solace and, uh, oh, and yeah. Spectre. I, but I just hate that I have to remember those movies for this movie exactly that's what i hate yeah yeah i'm with because like it i i never until this movie i didn't know that they were going to be connected so that's whack um so now i'm like okay i really i think i fell asleep in specter at the theater specter (laughs) yeah specter's really drawn out and it's very yeah it like it loses itself in this, you know, like Bond's backstory. Uh, yeah, and I hope this movie focuses more on the, like whatever crisis they're dealing with. I hope this movie ends that the backstory talk and the connections. But again, I think Casino Royale and in Skyfall, even though they focused on his backstory, the the story was really strong. Who was the villain in Skyfall? Uh, Javier Bardem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Remember he had, like, the chemical, like, yeah. his face was all messed up? Yep, 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 yep. And again, that movie was heavy, especially towards the end, very heavy on his backstory. Yeah. But the, the plot of, like, the current situation was really strong. Yep, yep. And that's what the trailers yep. for this one are, are looking like to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um... Yeah, I, I'm excited for it though. I am, I am. I, I just, I like I said, I do hope this ends the connection of the bonds because yeah, that's mean, just not necessary. One. Yeah, but I swear they said that after Spectre too. They said it after Skyfall. I thought you might be right. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's definitely his last one now though, because he's gray hair. He looks all beat up. His skin's all wrinkly. Yeah. There's no way he can keep doing it. But he's been... He's never been a problem in any of... Even the the movies I didn't like. Mm -hmm. He was always a strong standout. His performances in every movie, like... He's... I I would give him credit. He's probably been the most consistent Bond. The only thing I don't like about it is... It's more the writing than it is him for me in these. Because I don't like how emotional he is as a Bond. But it's not... Obviously, that's not him. He's just doing his job as an actor, right? Yeah. But the writing of him as Bond, I mean, no other Bond has, like, cared so much about stuff. Right. I'll give you that. Like, to the point where they're crying or they're, you know, having tantrums. Come on, man. Like, James Bond not supposed to throw a tantrum. He's, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, but I wish Pierce Brosnan had a little bit of depth. Yeah, he did. His his movies were like he was on like a like a shitty lame superhero to me. Right, he was like a superhero. Yeah, and at was. least Sean Connery had like swag and he was funny. Uh, yeah, like Pierce Brosnan was just like a a shitty hollow copy of that. 
Yeah, he was. The thing is, they would they would do it in spurts where it worked, but then like the overall movie, it was to the point where it was like a superhero kind of thing. But like him, the one on one like conversations that Pierce had were good to me. Like when he was yeah. just being Bond, I do think cool, I, I don't like think he was a bad Bond. Yeah, it's hard to say anyone's. It's hard to call people bad Bonds. The one off guy was cool bad. Character. The Lazenby? Yeah, yeah, he was bad. Yeah, he was the L. <laughs> His head was so That big. movie's hard to get through. <laughs> yeah. I almost quit. I, I think I told you years ago, I did. I was starting to watch all of them through in order. Yeah. I think uh, leading up to Spectre. Uh huh. And man, after that one, I took a long break. And that's like this third one. Nah, Isn't it? No, 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 no. There's like five of them before we get to that. Before Her Majesty's Secret Service? Four, I think. <laughs> I, I really think it may be less than that. Because Dr. No was first. I don't know. We're not going to get into that. But yeah, Timothy Dalton wasn't very good either. But I like Timothy Dalton as an actor, but he wasn't. His movies were just boring. They were yeah. weak. All right. Anyway, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the rest of the cast. I just, I, I'm call me a hater, but I really do not like um, Waltz, Christoph Waltz. Is really? That his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't like him. Man. Yeah, I... He like adds. Now, don't get me wrong. He's had his moments where he was great, but in like the movies since, um, what was it? Was it Inglorious Bastards that he was in? Yeah, and Django. I didn't like him in Django, but he won an Oscar. That's okay. So no, no, no. His I do agree. Like he, he's been Tarantino has made him a goat, and without Tarantino, I don't know that he is a goat. Right, like he he has this aura in his movies. Like we're supposed to instantly think he's great, and he's. He adds instant boredom to movies to me. Since since Janko, he was he was cool in Janko. I was I was hating on that, but since then it's like he instantly makes the movie slower to me because yeah, it, the talk him and Bond had in Spectre that was Spectre, right? Yeah, Spectre's the story was so, was so bad, yeah, it was. so dragged out. Like it's yeah. such a huge lead up, and then it's this weird like quick run through of conversations and like fights yeah Spectre's the conversation him and bond had lasted like 40 minutes of the movie exactly and that was terrible to me big l then bond just dipped out of there didn't miss a shot like what, we, what am i watching it almost felt like a cartoon yeah, it did. He's popping out yeah. with the rifle at one point and just bop, bop, like everybody's just dropping. I'm like, dude, guys aren't even yeah. getting a shot off at him. Why is this even an action sequence? Right, right. And the villains have been pretty weak in Daniel Craig's movies. I will say that, too. But um, yeah. It's just, again, the stories have been strong in the two that I like. Mm-hmm. And the action sequences are good. Yeah. And, and most of them, yeah. Uh, let's see what else. What else is coming? Uh, anything else coming like quickly? You're not excited for Halloween Kills? No, 
That looks kind of funny. I, I might, I might sneak <laughs> out to see that. <laughs> yeah, it does, but I'm not excited. The for trailer. It. I thought the uh, the the one from what it was a 2018. Yeah, something like that. I, I thought it was all right. It was a good like reboot kind of continuation thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they again they don't take it too seriously and they they bring back Jamie Lee Curtis who's great. She looks terrible in the trailer, though. She looks so <laughs> funny, like, in the worst way. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that sounds so bad. <laughs> it's so funny. The, like, the, I love how, like, shitty movies like this just give you the whole story in the trailer. Yeah, they do. Because I really don't yeah. give a shit. Like, with some movies, like, if Shang-Chi told me everything that was going to happen, I would have been pissed. Yeah. But a movie like this, I, I really couldn't care less. Right, right, yep. All right, well, uh, that's it for us today. Um, got through a lot. Uh, good start to new podcast. Um, head over to you know that podcast, of course, um, because this will be the last time we talk about music here on the No Clue Podcast. Uh, it'll be Sound Straight podcast from now on. So, uh, thank you for listening. Subscribe to this one and that one. And uh, you got anything else, Mike? Nah, we'll be back. We will be back and uh, see you next time.